so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Well, good morning once more church. Let me pray. Uh, I'm going to pray for uh, our offering and the finances of the church. I'm going to pray for those who are unwell this morning. Uh, some with COVID, some with other things, um, and uh, then I'm going to pray uh, for um, our time together in God's Word. Um, so I encourage you to uh, pray along with me in your hearts. Uh, so Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, we thank you for the privilege that it is to give, um, to be generous, and especially towards uh, your church. And so I pray for those of us that have leadership responsibilities in this church, that you would help us to lead wisely, especially in the area of finances, especially in how we use what's been entrusted to your church. Thank you that uh, though we've at times had fears of running out, we've never ran out, Lord, that you have always provided and sustained this church, Lord. Yeah, Father, I pray for those who are unwell this morning. Uh, whether it's from COVID, whether it's from other things, viruses, whether it's from uh, long-term uh, chronic illness, Father, we pray that you uh, would uh, bring them healing in Jesus' name. Uh, we thank you that in, in this moment now that uh, being absent from uh, being physically present, that doesn't mean that they're completely absent together. So we do pray uh, that you would enable them to connect uh, as best as possible through the live stream. We pray that they would have a sense now that they feel like they're here, even though they're not physically, Lord. We thank you that we're not just connected by technology, we're connected by the one spirit present amongst us this morning. Father, we pray now for our time uh, in your word. Uh, thank you uh, for a sense of vision. We pray that you would guide us. And as that song we sang this morning says, that above all else, that you would be our vision. That Jesus Christ would uh, be above all the vision of our church. That he would fill our hearts and minds and that we'd be captivated by a vision of him that would lead us forward. In Jesus' name, amen. And so today is uh, what we've called uh, Vision Sunday. Uh, we've shifted the date over the last couple of years. We used to do it in November. Now we do it in February. Uh, but it's our Vision Sunday. We've done it uh, each year or for each year. And so you might be thinking, especially if you're kind of new, if you haven't done a full lap of the sun with us or if you're visiting uh, with us just this morning, what do you mean by Vision Sunday? Uh, well, that's just a catch-all phrase to, to talk about an opportunity to be reminded or perhaps for some to learn what is our mission and vision as a church? What are those uh, statements, those core statements that we've had for a number of years? Uh, it's an opportunity to launch for the year. As I said, you know, January is like the, the, the not really start of the year month. It's kind of where we scramble around and get together ready to start in February. School goes back. Kids' church is going back out. We're, we're launching our mission and ministry together in a sense today as a church. This is where we get into the year for real. And it's also an opportunity to uh, reflect and speak into where God is leading us this year. Um, and so this is where the vision comes in, or, or another word for that might be theme, focus, priority. Uh, and so each year we, we have a phrase or a word or a couple words. It varies depending on how uh, it looks for that year. Uh, 
that kind of gives us a sense of direction, a, a sense of focus for the year. And now this comes through reflection, it comes through prayer, it comes through a degree of, uh, if I'm allowed to call it this, pastoral wisdom. But what it is not is uh, me returning from the mountain with stone tablets like Moses. It is not that. It's, it's me sharing a sense of what I, what I think God's leading us into as a church for the year. And so this morning uh, is different from a regular sermon. Uh, there'll be less exegesis, which is what we call at Bible College, how we interpret and un- unpack the Bible. Uh, but please, please uh, know that it is biblically shaped throughout, even when uh, we're not specifically referencing a Bible passage. But there's plenty of Bible in here, if you know me. I can't speak without there being plenty of it in there. And so I do want to begin, though, before we kind of get to this year, by, by just reminding us of our, of our mission and vision statements as a church. And, and so, James, if you put up that mission statement, that first one there uh, for those on the screen, our mission, which is this is capturing who, who do we believe we are as a church? And so we, we, we came to this statement some years ago that, yes, Community Baptist Church exists to be a caring community of redeemed people. That's redeemed by Jesus, of course, who love and worship God, follow Jesus, are empowered by the Holy Spirit and believe in the authority of the Bible. And we are called to be the tangible presence of Jesus and his witnesses in the Yas Valley and beyond. So that's our sense of who are we as a church. And then out of that, we've got four, I call them vision pictures. Uh, They're pictures in words. Um, I'm not artistic enough. Um, to draw pictures for them, but they're, 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 they're pictures in words. And so the first one of those, if we go to the next one, James, is, is about connecting and engaging and making disciples. And so uh, one of our vision pictures of the four of the, as a church is that we, we strive, we want to strive to be a healthy and growing church that is both connected and engaged with the local community. And through acting as witnesses of God's love and sharing the gospel, we hope to see people become disciples of Jesus and be baptized and grow to maturity in faith. So that's our, that's our first vision picture as a church. And so this isn't a, just a this year thing. This is something that, that we see as a church as one of our core visions that we want to see come to pass. Secondly... Now I've got them in a different shape on here, James. Click the next one so I read the right one. Affecting positive change. Thank you, you'd already done it. Secondly, we we have a vision around affecting positive change within our community. And so we long to see the local community become a better place. We seek to actively bring the kingdom of God into our local community and to lovingly invest into the lives of the people within it. We desire to influence and equip people towards positive personal change that impacts the whole community. And so there's one about, you know, ultimately wanting to see disciples. There's one about the whole community becoming a better place. And then uh, thirdly, the third of those four vision pictures is that uh, we believe we're called to be a place of healing. And so our hope is to be a place of spiritual, physical, emotional and relational healing in the name of Jesus through practical care and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And fourthly, we have a vision to impact the world for Jesus beyond the local. And so it's also our vision, sorry, it is our vision to be engaged in God's mission, not just locally, but also beyond our local community across Australia and globally. And so those are the kind of the four vision pictures, the four directions that shape 
uh, or, or should shape at least what we do as a church. And so each of them, uh, I'm confident to say, we're on our way towards in some shape and fashion, but we're not there yet as well. And so when I talk about vision for this year, that's not supplanting that. That's not kind of overriding that. It's just giving us a sense of, of what this year, uh, what we believe this year is going to be about and to focus on. And so this year, as you would see behind me, uh, I don't know if it's long enough to be a phrase, but it's too many words to be a word. Uh, but uh, this year, 2022, I, I believe... Um, God has laid on my heart to, to say that this year is a new season. And so when we think about seasons, when we think about new seasons, they bring change. And they're about change. And they bring fresh hope and perspective. They bring new opportunities. <clears throat> Pardon me. They bring fresh growth. Uh, but they are also open-ended and waiting to be shaped and filled and nurtured and stewarded. And so this is one of those kind of years where, where it, is, it is, a, is a bit open-ended for a number of reasons. It's, it's waiting to be shaped and to be filled and to be nurtured and to be stewarded. It's a little bit like springtime for our gardens. See, spring in your garden can be a season of fresh growth and beauty. It can also be a season of weeds and chaos and overgrowth. The difference between the two is how we steward it in that new season. And so I'm kind of a, a, a latecomer to being interested in gardening. Uh, the, the trick is to move into a home that has a decent garden to start off with and to want to steward that. Um, but then we've done much more. And, and so what I've noticed is that in springtime, everything, especially this year when we've had so much uh, rain, everything just springs to life, including the things that you don't want to be there. And, and so there's opportunity in the springtime and into summer, of course, for, for your garden to become magnificent and beautiful and for things to blossom. But you also need to ensure that you're staying on top of the, the lawn and the weeds so that the grass isn't this high and the weeds aren't overwhelming what you want to be there. And so a new season in life, a new season for the church is a little bit like that. There's, there's fresh opportunity for growth. <coughs> Pardon me. There's, there's fresh hope, fresh perspectives to, to step into. But as a church, we need to steward that well. We need to guide that well so that it becomes something beautiful and not something that's kind of lost all shape. And so as we think about new seasons, it's good to remember that God is the giver of seasons. Of course, if we think about natural seasons, the, the seasons of nature, that is true. <coughs> Pardon me, my throat's a bit dry this morning. And so in Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 to 19, we're told, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs to mark, and in the latest translation of the NIV, it says to mark sacred times. Uh, more often that's translated as seasons. Let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. 
to govern the day and to govern the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And so God, the creator of the universe, created seasons on earth, the seasons of nature. And he declared that that was a good thing as part of the creation of the heavenly bodies. And so one of the things I appreciate about living in Yass, and we've lived in Yass for about seven and a half years now, uh, moving from a more uh, northern in Sydney climate, kind of closer to the, the ocean and all of the heat kind of bank that is the, the concrete, oh thanks Neil, uh, the concrete jungle of Sydney. One of the things I've appreciated about living in Yass is that we have real seasons. In winter it is cold. In summer, it is normally hot. Okay, this year may be a little bit different, but, but normally we have real seasons. This may be a new season. That's not kind of summer, winter, autumn, spring. It's something else. I don't know what it is. But, but normally we have real seasons, and, and, and I enjoy that there's change, there's rhythm to life shaped around the seasons. Seasons are good. They're not just good because I happen to like that, they're also crucial for certain plants, for certain uh, animals to, to function in their life cycle. They need seasons of growth and dormancy. They, they need seasons in which uh, to, to have warm weather, to have offspring and things like that. And so seasons are good. Seasons are the antidote to the sameness of life. And so they were given by God, they were good, but in, in Daniel, the reading that Alex read for us this morning, just to remind us, Daniel said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And so when Daniel's talking about seasons here, he's not talking about you know, summer, winter, autumn, spring. He, he's talking about seasons of life, political seasons. He's talking about seasons of shifting times and, and shifting uh, culture and things like that. And so he, he, what he's saying is what is true of the natural seasons of the earth is true of the seasons of life, that God is the creator of seasons. He changes times and seasons. And so as we think about a new season for Yas Community Baptist Church, I want us to have that in mind, that God is the giver of seasons. He's the giver of changes of time and seasons. <clears throat> and so 2022 is a season of change for YCBC. Uh, we have seen some transition in the makeup of our congregation over the past few years. Uh, we're going to be seeking to establish a new post-COVID normal. And we're hoping that it will be post-COVID. There's many changes and different things happening in the lives of the people of the church. You know, some of us have had kids starting high school and changing roles and jobs and, and things like that. It's a season of change for many of us. And of course, for the church, uh, there'll be a change in leadership of the church this year. Um, and for those that don't know, I've taken on a role with the Baptist Association of Churches in our state uh, and, and have picked that role up and are continuing this role until June. And so 
Uh, the search team, the pastoral search team is at work. Uh, they've begun the process. And so I do encourage you to do the NCLA survey. We're giving you one week to do it. Uh, but then Tony's also going to be distributing a, a more short version of the survey to the Apparently I'm not working properly. If you're at home and you couldn't hear me at all, it's been really good up until this point. <laughs> and so most people are in those two middle categories and, and then you get the other end, laggards and sluggards and uh, saboteurs, sorry. Oh, that's different to what I've seen before. And, and someone I heard say once, you know that this was labelled not by... Uh, by someone kind of more up the, the liking change end of the curve because no one's calling themselves laggards or saboteurs. Um, but the thing is, we all respond to change differently. That's what I'm talking about in that process. You can flick onto the, our, our main slide there, James. But change is something that happens. Transition is how we guide and lead the process. And so in a season of change, it's important that we manage and transition well in the process, both as, as a, a group of people but both, and also as individuals. And so it's like springtime in the garden. In this season, in this new season for the church, we need to shape and steward things well. It can be filled with opportunity and hope as long as we steward things well. And so change is something that happens but we're called as followers of Jesus, I believe, to steward that change well. And now if you're at the right hand of that, you don't need to put it back up, James, but if we're at the right hand of that curve, yeah, right hand of that curve, you may be saying, well, why can't things just stay the same forever? The reality is that we need the new. Only God stays the same forever. But God is at work making all things new. Last, last year our vision word was transformed and, and that's what God is about. God's not about things staying the same. He's about transforming us, about transforming society, about things being transformed and made new. And so we need the new as a church. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, uh, it says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? 
I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so that was about the new thing of Jesus as the way of salvation. But, but it, it shows us that God is about new things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is spirit and then in Revelation and this is just a, a, a quick jump through of some verses around this in verses three, 20, chapter 21 verses 3 to 5 it says this and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying look God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God he will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And, and so God is making us new. God, God didn't cling to the old ways. He, he encouraged his people to embrace the new of Jesus Christ, which was new back then. But his trajectory is towards making all things new. We need the new. Things cannot stay the same. And this is also true of a church. James, if you could go, there's a few slides now to flip through. And so if we think about the life cycle of a church, then we can have a season of growth. That we can grow and, and multiply and, and increase in number and, 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 that, and not just in number but in impact and, and, and the fruitfulness of our ministry. And I believe that this is the journey that, you know, it's not all up and to the right. There's squiggles in real life. But this is the journey that the church has been on over a number of years. If you click the next one, James. And then we all would want to go to a place where it says, and they all lived happily ever after. But this only happens in fairy tales. You can't reach a plateau. And this is not just the church, but we're speaking of the church at the moment. You can't just reach a plateau and go, this is perfect. <clears throat> Let's keep everything like this and we'll all be happy forever. That only happens in fairy tales. What actually happens if we want to live, think like that is that we dip over the edge and we start going down the other side of the hill. And so, next one, James. It might seem paradoxical, and you know, I'm not saying things have been going great because of a pandemic, uh, but it might seem paradoxical, but the, the point at which things need to be made new is when we feel like they're going great and we want to keep it like that forever. It's the space at the top of the curve, and there's more details about what that looks like at different parts and different stages, but it's the space at the top of the curve, or when we've gone down the other side, that we need to see things become new. And so, of course, this isn't just a once-off switch. We've already begun the work, and we're always engaged in the work of making things new. We've reshaped our staffing, we've looked at constitution, uh, we've reshaped the different roles, and, and the search team are in the work of, of seeking a new pastor for our church. But I share all that, and you can go back to the slide, James, I share all that to say that we need the new. We might want to stay with things the same forever. Why can't it always be summer? If you love summer, you might say, why can't it always be summer? But then, 
We'd fail to appreciate, we'd fail to thrive, things would start to die if it was always summer. We need the new. And so there are things changing at YCBC. It is a new season, there is change, we need to steward that well as a church. But when I have a sense of new season, I don't want us to simply be reactionary to change that is happening. In fact, the phrase new season for me is an invitation I want to extend to you to join me in declaring a new season. And so what I mean by that is, like I just said, not just reacting to the the current COVID restrictions. Not just say, oh no, Nick's got a different job, we need a new pastor now. Not just to live in reaction to that, but to make a decision to step into a new season filled with hope and expectation. In Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, uh, depending on what you want to call it, in chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. And so I want to extend the invitation to join me in declaring that, that this is a new season. It's not just change that's been thrust upon us, that this is a new season for the church. Those that have spent some time in and around their Bibles will uh, remember that that phrase, come with me, shows up somewhere else. In fact, that is the invitation that Jesus extends to us all. And so I believe that Jesus is calling us as a church to come with him, to declare a new season. And so uh, over the next three weeks of February, we're going to unpack this a little bit more uh, in some details, but I, I just want to share this morning that I think there are three things as we engage with the new season for us to uh, purposefully step into as a church as we steward the new season well. As I said, we'll be exploring each of these over the next three weeks. And so in declaring a new season, I, need, I believe we need to uh, see it as a season of refocus on Jesus and recommitment to his church. This new season is an opportunity to say, I'm not going to be about apathy anymore. I'm not going to be about uh, you know, lukewarmness anymore. And that's not saying, I'm not looking at anyone in particular <laughs> in saying that. That's not uh, a criticism, but that's a decision I believe we're all called to make. To step into a new season of refocus on Jesus and recommitment to his church. Secondly, I believe it's a season of pruning, of ploughing and sowing into the harvest. And, and what I mean by that is that it's a season that we, we need to invest into now in order to see the fruitfulness come in the future. That we, we sow, we plough, we prune now in this season of transition so that we'll see a harvest in the future and we'll explore what that looks like more in a couple of weeks. And thirdly, I believe it's a season of allowing God to renew and reshape his church. And that's something that we want to, as a church, begin to engage in now. 
not to kind of just bide our time until a new pastor comes when he comes, but to begin to allow God to renew and reshape his church, to, to revisit who we are, to re-explore what is our vision. And some of those things will, of course, come with a new pastor. And so I, I want to invite you to declare a new season for yourself and for this church in those three core areas. Uh, the worship team can, can come, um, as I say, and give people hope that the end is nigh. Uh, Genesis 1.14 that I read from this morning that says that God appointed the, you know, the sun and the moon and the stars to, to, uh, to mark out seasons which is the way I've always seen it translated, uh, but in uh, the most recent, which is 2011, it's 10 years old now, the most recent NIV translation um, uses the words sacred times there. And, and so I kind of had a little bit of a moment with God this morning going, well, why did that, you know, why did they, obviously they changed it because it's a more faithful translation to the original Hebrew word and I looked that up and was like, okay, not that I can read Hebrew and... I just had a little mini moment of frustration. I was like, why doesn't it say what I want it to say? And I just felt God impress in my heart what I believe is the truth uh, that a new season is a sacred time. That it's not an either or, but that a new season is a sacred time. That it is a holy moment, an opportunity to be part of something truly beautiful and so I want to urge you brothers and sisters not to disengage and see what happens this year leaving it to others I urge you brothers and sisters not to disengage and see what happens this year and leave it to others but to engage in this holy and sacred time a new season an opportunity to see and be part of something incredibly beautiful. And so I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship. And so Father, we declare a new season for the Yas Community Baptist Church. We thank you for the fresh opportunity, the fresh hope the fresh growth, fresh perspectives. And Father, we pray that you would help us as a church to steward that well. That this new season as it grows and develops would become something truly beautiful. Father, I pray that you would stir in each of our hearts a desire to engage deeply in what you're doing in this season. I pray that you would draw us to refocus on Jesus and recommit to his church. Father, I pray that you would draw us and guide us in pruning and plowing and sowing in this new season that it may become a fruitful one. 
And Father, in this season, we invite you and allow you to renew and to reshape your church, Lord. Father, we declare a new season. And as we step into it, we thank you that you are always with us by your Spirit through your Son to the very end of the age. And so it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.